to another episode of Unapologetically Can. I am Candice, and I'm so excited to be here, you guys. I'm ready to tell y'all some things that I left off last week on purpose just so y'all can join me today. Yes, let's tune in to part four of The Broken Place entitled Grace and Mercy. Stay tuned, you guys. time it is tune in closely so you know if you're walking please take a seat if you're driving pull over no i'm kidding if you're driving please keep going i know some of y'all got some stuff to do so i get it but brace yourself because as i'm actually processing everything that had happened when you know he learned he cheated on me i started to blame him and then god was like don't do that And I couldn't understand why I couldn't blame him leading up until this moment. And so when I tell you, I'm sitting there trying to just evaluate everything. Because as much as I wanted to be obedient to God in that moment, I still partially blamed him. And I remember God said, well, Kenneth, before you can ever get in position to point your finger at any one of my children, you have to first look on the inside of yourself. And see, a lot of times we want to be pointing the finger to other people. But God said, hey, first do a self-reflection. Look in the mirror of your soul. Look on the inside of yourself. That's one of the hardest things to do because so many people do not want to come into terms with what's really on the inside of them. So many people are so narcissistic that they always think that they're right. They never accept their wrongdoings. And God said, that's not going to be you. And so as I'm doing that, I remember realizing that I was broken, but he was broken. I remember all of the stories that we shared together. I remember him telling me, you know, about his childhood and everything that was attached to that and what hurt him. And I couldn't do anything at that point but weep because I was a broken person, yes. And I felt as though someone else had done something against me that had broken me further. But at that moment, God was teaching me just because someone does something to you doesn't mean that you go and do that unto them. Because the one thing you want to do unto others is that in which you want them to do unto you. That's the word of God. But more so than that, a step further. When I was younger, uh, I remember my dad was and it actually was actually around the specific time that I that this situation occurred. My dad went into um, the hospital for he had an aneurysm and a stroke and I was disconnected from my dad because like I mentioned in previous podcasts, he wasn't around. He was barely in my life at all. And when I say barely, I'm giving, I'm putting grace in the midst of that because I probably had only seen him two times within my entire lifetime at that point, about 16 to 17 years old. And so talking to my grandmother about the situation, she says, Candace, when are you going to see your dad in the hospital? And I tell my grandmother, well, I wasn't planning on going. And she said, well, Candace, I didn't raise you that way. She said, despite what your dad did or didn't do, it's still your responsibility to love him. It's still your responsibility to go check on him. It's still your responsibility to act in a manner in which God will be honored to call you his child. And so the big thing we have to understand is that when we are considered wronged by someone. We still have an obligation to act in a manner in which God would look at us and say, hey, yeah, that's my child. 
But see, oftentimes when someone hurts us or does something to us, we want to seek vengeance and vengeance is God's. That's the word of God. You have to understand that in that moment, God began to get me right. And in this moment of trying to seek understanding, clarity, trying to get to a place to where I can close off that chapter successfully and from a healthy place. It was only God that could provide me this from a way in which I would be functional in our relationship and not draw him into a place that he didn't deserve to be in. And I know some people say he didn't deserve to be on. He cheated on you. He did. That's beside the point. See, if you look at it from the manner in which man has made us look at situations, when somebody cheat, when somebody do this, we looking at that person and see, this is a, a while ago. So this is before God even gave me the revelations of not looking at things head on, not worrying about every sense, taste, touch, smell, all of this, because the enemy uses those things to manipulate us and to keep us in a place in which God is trying to take us out of. And so when I tell y'all at that specific time, I was, I was in pain, but I said, you know what, God, I want what you want for this moment. So I made a decision to stay with him. Yes, he cheated. People say, you know, well, you shouldn't be with him. You shouldn't did this. You're so young. But in the same, for the same token, it's like, I never really learned to fight for anything. I always would say, you know what, forget it. I'm, I'm done. You know what, forget it. This was one of the first times I really fought for something. And so I stuck with it. I stayed with him. I learned a lot in the moments where I wanted to be upset with him. God would literally convict me because it's like, hey, are you going to give this to me? Or are you going to still try to carry it? And see, a lot of times God wants us to hand over situations to him so that he can work this thing out the way that he knows how in, the, in, in a perfect manner. Because when we get a hold of these things, these situations, all we usually do is tear down the other person and inadvertently tear down ourselves. So then here comes the battle, you guys. Trying to live out the word of God in this carnal flesh. <laughs> And trying to forget what had happened that led up to this place and love him like he had done nothing wrong because he hadn't. Because we have to understand that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That was the enemy's agenda. Though my, at that time, broken boyfriend had somehow fell victim to the enemy, I had to look at it. In, a, in that spiritual manner and not look at it as though my boyfriend cheated on me and got this girl pregnant. And to some, it may sound crazy. But to me, as I sit reflecting on it, it's perfectly sane. Because see, so many people go crazy by dwelling on the things that they think people did. That they, so-and-so did this to me and so-and-so did that to me. And, and see, they can't get any peace within themselves because now they don't trust anybody. And see, God said, put your trust in me. Hmm. For I'm the only one. I'm the only one who is the supply of everything that you need. I'm the only one that is the one that sits high and looketh low. I am the only one that has all power in my hand. And you can't put your trust in man. Because see, trusting in man, you set yourself up for failure. Trusting in God is a life of peace, abundance of everything that you need. And so when God began to teach me this principle, it was tough. I could tell you it was days he would go to get the baby and I wanted to go with him because I'm like, I don't want this to happen again. But God said, you got to trust me. 
And then every now and then he'll be like, Ken, you want to go with me? And I'm like, okay. And then sometimes I was like, no. <laughs> but a lot of times I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going with you. <laughs> Y'all took that as a sign. I'm like, I'm going. I'm going. Come on, let's go. And so, but it was beautiful because the first time I came into contact with the child, I didn't think the mom would want me there, but she was, she was cool. She was straight. Even though she had her own feelings and she had her own battles. Why? Because she was broken too. Come on now. So to see that child for the first time, you know, at first some people be, they'll be kind of angry or kind of reluctant to deal with the child because of the manner in which the child was conceived. But when I came in contact with that little boy, he was so sweet. He was precious. You know, the cutest little thing. He was so tiny. And I loved him. Like from the day I saw him, I loved him. He was just beautiful. He was a beautiful child. Despite everything that happened, life is beautiful. The fact that they were able to conceive this child was a blessing from God. And so I wouldn't look at it any other way. And so my 16-year-old self <laughs> sucked it up and loved that child. Though I didn't get as many interactions as I would have wanted to because of the other things that are that took place after that. But my time and my moments there with him were great. I remember um, God had me take it a step further and begin to work on other parts of me. And what I mean by that is, I remember one day I had to, God told me to call her. Yes, the the one that cheated with my boyfriend, right? Call her. And this is, her name is Barbara, so don't forget. I had to call Barbara and ask Barbara if she was hungry. And people say, what? Yes, God had me do that. And so I asked her, you know, I was told I was going to get some Aisha's and then she wants some. And she, she said she did. She told me what she wanted. I got it, brought it to her. And that was that. And this is in the midst of a situation where when she would get with her friends, they would tease and taunt me in class or whatever. This was in the midst of me still trying to reconcile and say, hey, look, if you have an issue with me, please come to me. We don't have to have an, a whole entourage, right? But the enemy was still working heavily. He was working heavily through the flesh of people that don't even realize that they're in this battle and they're fighting on the losing side. See, the devil's side is the losing side. And see, I was fighting on the winning side. Though the enemy wanted to try to drag me in, I refused. Because I remember what I promised God when I laid on that floor with a bloody arm. When I laid on that floor and I could see my spirit rising out of my body. And when I could see my body on that floor is when I told God, I said, God, I said, I'll surrender my life to you. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do. That part is the reason why I sucked it all up, sucked up all the pride, sucked up all the pain and began to serve. Come on now. Sometimes God will have you serve even your enemies. Sometimes it's going to come a time where it's time for you to serve the people that you can't stand. And then at that point, you have to make a decision because obedience is better than sacrifice. Come on now. We have to get to a place spiritually well, things that happen in the natural don't move us. And that's what God wants to take his children because we're coming in an evil day. We're living out revelations. We're living out so many things that even me before this time, I wouldn't even be able to imagine. And so we can't allow for our senses to get in the way of what God is doing in us spiritually and what God is doing in the earth spiritually and how God is bringing the body of Christ together. But you, you guys, when I tell you, and so to learn this, some odd 16, 17 years ago, 
God began to do this work in me. And I remember even after that place when, you know, I got her some food. I remember she still continued on her mission with her friends with me. And some people say, oh, I would have stopped. But that's okay. That's what your flesh want to do. But what does God want you to do? Come on now. If Jesus would have stopped, if Jesus would have said, you know what? I'm done. You know, I'm not finna go over there. I'm not finna go get on this cross. I'm not finna. I'm no longer going to carry these sins or the weight of the world. I'm not finna do all of this stuff. I'm done. So imagine if that's what Jesus did and he didn't die for our sins. What if he said, hey, God, go ahead and bring your legions of angels in. Come, Go ahead and save me up out of this place. Let me go ahead and go to, you know, I'm coming to be up there with you. Forget all of this. Forget all of what, what I'm supposed to do for the sake of your children, my brothers and my sisters. Forget it all. And we would be damned to hell. Y'all, we wouldn't even be here right now. Come on now. We would have an opportunity to live out the will of God for our individual lives and callings. We would be stuck. And so as I, as I, as I sit before you on today, cause I'm sitting right now, I, I want everybody to take into consideration. I mean, outside of what you're used to, outside of how you would usually handle something outside of what you want to do and begin to ask God, what it is it that he wants you to do in those situations? When God says, acknowledge him in all of your ways so that he can direct your path. He means it because he knows what's best for you. He created you. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That's his word. So you have to know that he knows what can make your situation better. Even if it's a it's a direct, what feels like a direct attack against us to do those things. It's a direct attack against your flesh. God has to allow for that to die. Because the word of God says that Christ died for us so we can live for him. And it says that death and life is working in us daily. So at one, what point are we going to decide to choose life? What's, what point are we going to decide to walk with God? What point are you going to make a decision to say, you know what? I'm tired of living the way that I've been living. I'm tired of doing things the way I've been doing. God, let me try you. He shike. Let me try you. And so as I go back in time, I realized that God was just teaching me how grace really works and how mercy works. See, grace is something that by Jesus making a decision to die on the cross with our sins on him, right? That now we have a chance, an opportunity to have everlasting life, to have that abundance. But I didn't really realize that this is what God was doing. But now looking at it, I realized that's when God began to show me what it is to actually operate from a place of grace, to actually extend mercy to someone. That, of course, we know what mercy is, right? Mercy is that grace that's undeserving. Or it's that I'm giving them a free space as if they did nothing wrong. So that they have another opportunity. Because as so many people say, we all make mistakes. But what if you're on the other end of that mistake? Now, are you still going to say that we all make mistakes? But see, that's where mercy and grace come in. And so this is what God taught me. And I would hope that so many of us would learn how to extend grace, extend mercy. Because Jesus could have said no to the cross, right? And we would have been damned. And see, we have to look at it from that perspective because Jesus did nothing wrong, but yet he carried the weight of the world. Come on now. People say, oh, well, that was his calling. That was what he was created to do. So what? 
But because of Jesus was who he was, Jesus could have said, you know what? Nope. I don't want to do it. I, I want to live out my life in the way in which I want to. Like some of us do. Come on now. Instead of answering a call that God put up on your life, you doing what you want to do. But God is calling you to a high place. So when I tell you learning grace and mercy in these moments is when someone so-called did something to you. You have a choice or a decision to make to say, you know what, I'm going to operate from a place of love and give this person grace, extend grace to them, mercy to them. And I'm going to begin to live in a place in which God created me to live in. I'm going to begin to free myself from that angry demon. I'm going to begin to free myself from being so frustrated that I can't live my life out in a place of peace. Come on now. But when I tell y'all, I'm going to end it here. And I want y'all to begin to extend grace, extend mercy to people that don't deserve it. Because I, we all have fallen. We have all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and don't deserve anything. When I tell you we don't, our righteousness is a filthy rags. Come on now. It's time for us to begin to extend the same grace and mercy that we would want someone to extend because like everyone says, we all make mistakes. So you guys, I want y'all to tune in next week. I have a couple of new stories for y'all. It's going to be some hot tea. Come on, go ahead and share this with your friends and family. Begin to embark on this journey of healing and being made whole with me, you guys. And let's take it a step further. Let's begin to challenge ourselves to become better each and every day, unapologetically. It's been amazing. It's been a blessing. Until next time, I love you guys.